0: Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers, joined by Saints senior writer John DeShazer. Big news out of the Saints today as head coach Sean Payton announced he is stepping down from his role as head coach after 16 seasons. In his time here leading the Saints, Sean Payton had a record of 161 to 97. He led the team to 10 winning seasons, seven NFC South titles, three NFC championship games, and won a Super Bowl in 2009. Peyton spoke to the media today in a press conference where he spoke for over an hour about the difficult decision to step away from the Saints. Peyton showed a lot of gratitude to the organization from top to bottom, love for his players, appreciation to the fan base, and of his time in New Orleans. Peyton said it was just time. Lots to get into today on today's podcast. John, we're going to talk about the legacy Peyton leaves and what's next for the franchise. So let's just start with your initial thoughts on today's news.
1: I mean, I... You know you kind of hear it swirling, so you don't really know what is or isn't true. Now, you see some of the guys that uh, he trusts a lot in the media saying that he's vacillating, so you know that's when you start looking at it as being kind of serious. Because you know, generally, you know, there are certain guys when they print something or they release something, um, it's probably pretty spot on because mm-hmm. they're pretty good friends with him and he's and, and they're people that he confides in, so you know. That's right a name when Jay Glazer says something and he attributes it to Sean Payton or he kind of hints that to Sean Payton you know it's probably probably pretty true so so it wasn't just you know a slap in the dark you know out of, out of the blue from that standpoint but I guess it might have been a little bit surprising just from the standpoint of you know 16 days after the regular season ended now he did say he wanted to take some time kind of you know take a deep breath I think um owner Gail Benson suggested that he step away for a little while kind of take a deep breath, think about it a little bit. And after that, you know, two and a half weeks or whatever it was, you know, he said, you know, okay, I, I still felt pretty resolute about it. So, you know, he, he made the right decision for himself. Um, if You know, he said to himself, this is a business where you got to be either all in or, or all out. You can't be halfway in. And he was, you know, contemplating. And, you know, he said even before the season, he kind of thought that he might be leaning toward re- retiring. And so – once it gets into your head, and you go through through the season, he, even then, he said that you know it wasn't the season per se that was, you know, exhausting. He said it was exciting, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, I kept telling everybody, you know, the team going to Dallas really was kind of up Sean Payton's alley because he likes to get away with the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he took training camp to to West Virginia for you know several years, so he didn't mind getting away. But after you know sixteen years, fifteen years coaching, uh, in the same spot. Uh, not to say that it gets routine, but it's, it's, I would imagine it's a pretty decent sized grind to be the head coach. And in a lot of ways, you know, the, the, the root of the whole thing. And so I think he just finally decided, you know what? I kind of need to step back. That said, even he said he might get back into coaching after a year. So (laughs) the fever still might be there. I think he's going to try the TV thing out Um I think he he thinks he can be pretty good at it. And if he thinks he can be pretty good at it, then I'm confident that, you know, he probably can be pretty good at it. If he wants to coach again, there will be no shortage of teams that will attempt to hire him if he decides to sit out 2022. But, you know, he says he's going to get out of it for a while. He's going to travel a little bit, going to see his kids a little bit more. And and uh, so, you know, hey, if anybody has earned the right to, to walk away on his own terms, I can't think of a person more deserving than Sean Payton.
0: A couple things that you mentioned there, right now going into this 2022 season, there's only 10 NFL coaches that have been in their positions for three or more years. The amount of time that Coach Payton spent here in New Orleans leading this team dedicated to building this franchise is really unprecedented. And he came in when the team... Wasn't doing well. I mean, it hadn't done well for a very long time before he got here from 1967 to 2005. The Saints won one playoff game and one division title. The year before he got here, they were 3 and 13. He comes in January 18, 2006, is when he was hired. They signed Drew Brees. They make a lot of other moves, and he immediately brings that team to a successful season. And then it's a success that he's been able to sustain. Even over last season, and the way that everything was really stacked against this team, it's been very impressive. I think that Saints fans will have an appreciation after this shock maybe goes away for what he was able to do here.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, now I mean, because fans fans are fans. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, when you have him, the first thing fans are saying is, you know, firing, firing, firing. Uh, If you don't win a Super Bowl, and, you know, I never get that because, you know, only one team can win it every year. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's not like the Saints were like, you know, a really, really successful franchise before Sean Payton came. So when the people were, you know, hey, get rid of him. It's like, okay where are you going to find better? But I mean, you know, you don't hang around that long unless you're winning. And Mm -hmm. And that's the main thing. That's the bottom line in this business. People can like you. Uh, people can not like you. You know. You know. You can have. You can be a, a mean-spirited person. You can be the the most genteel personality. But you better win. Whatever it is you are, you better win on the field. And that's what he did better than any coach in the history of this franchise. He had a formula. He knew how to, you know, put together a plan. He knew the kinds of players and coaches that he wanted to carry out that plan, and they were successful doing it.
0: Absolutely. You mentioned some of the coaches that he's had here underneath him, and that's definitely something that people are going to continue to bring up, especially over the next couple weeks with this open head coaching position here as who is going to fill his role. Um, But before we kind of get into all that, definitely want to continue to pay tribute to what he was able to do here. Any seasons that really stood out to you over his tenure? I mean, you can start with that first season where he led them to 10-6 and first in the NFL in total offense, first NFC South title and NFC championship game. Right off the bat, he's coach of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a big one then, you know, the Super Bowl year where they win the first 13 regular season games. And I mean, it's at a fever pitch and then they lose the last three regular season games. And everybody's like, well, you know, how can they go into the playoffs this way? And, you know, no team has ever won a Super Bowl losing the last three regular season games. And then they go and win the Super Bowl. But maybe... I mean, I I don't I don't know how he would stack it, but this past season might have been as good a season as as Sean Payton has ever had as a head coach. Um, when you're talking about uh, Hurricane Ida evacuation to Dallas for a month, you're talking about playing four quarterbacks. You're talking about uh, half the coaching staff missing a game because of COVID. You're talking about twenty plus players missing a game because of COVID. You're talking about uh, using fifty eight players to start an NFL record Uh, you're talking about just all kinds of peripheral things that there are no ways to control and his theme which carries over to his team is no excuses nobody's Mm -hmm. gonna feel sorry for you Uh, don't complain about it uh, because this is what it is and so you know you really there's no need to talk about it. there's no need to whine about it. nobody cares and I think one of the things he said you know was nobody cares and, and half the people you know kind of kind of like that you're having problems absolutely <laughs> so, yeah so so there's no reason to to wallow in it and I thought this year being nine and eight and a San Francisco loss away from getting into the playoffs was as good a job as he's done you know your know, first season without drew Brees. and again you know four quarterbacks I don't know many teams in NFL history that have had four quarterbacks during a singular season and had a winning record. That's just, that's not a recipe for success. It never has been. And this team was able to, to navigate through it and, and almost get into the playoffs.
0: Definitely navigated through it to a winning record. As you mentioned, you look back, you mentioned the Super Bowl season. They start 13-0. and Then they were able to win that game against the Colts, 31-17, his second time as coach of the year. So there are definitely some major bright spots. And then, of course, his relationship that he had with Drew Brees and what that they were able to accomplish, 144 wins, 85 losses, as a coaching quarterback duo. That's second all-time in the NFL. So th- those two working together – was a lot of what was successful yeah, here. Yeah, he
1: he figured it out with Drew Brees. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, always say, you know, system quarterback and, you know, system this and system that and, that. and that's ridiculous. Every player who's successful in the NFL plays in a system. You've got to construct a system around that player's specific talents. He figured out exactly what Drew Brees' strengths were, mm-hmm. structured an offense around it and they won and they won a lot of games doing that and even when they had rough patches the rough patches were 7 and 9 seasons where they were still you know historic offenses they didn't have the defense together but they will still were still an entertaining team so i just thought you know he figured out especially offensively, what guys could do, what they did well, how to hide weaknesses, and how to put a lot of points on the board and a lot of yards on the board. And that was was a special talent of his.
0: He brought the Saints offense to a top 10 offense for 14 straight seasons. So offensively, he absolutely had it figured out. He said one of the things that he really liked about coaching was the ability to teach and help develop players. We saw his ability to do that in this past season, but over the years – Any players that stand out to you that he worked with? He had 68 Pro Bowl selections underneath him while he was here.
1: Well, I mean, off the top, you can think of Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara was a third-round pick. Now, we know what Alvin Kamara is right now, but had anyone known now what they, you know, known then, what we know now, Mm -hmm. well, Alvin Kamara would have been a first-round pick. He'd have been a top-ten pick. (laughs) But Sean Payton saw him and had, you know, he loves to say, you know, what's the vision for the player? It sounds cliche, But it's true. What do you envision him being able to do once you get him? And then you get him, and all of a sudden you're able to make him into a great player. Marcus Colston was a seventh-round pick who was just about cut. (laughs) Marcus Colston will admit, you know, hey, when I left, I didn't know if I was going to be invited back. And, And his receivers coach then, who's the receivers coach now, Curtis Johnson, said, you know, look, Colson did look like he was going to make it. Mm-hmm. Colson's now the leading receiver in franchise history and probably will, will remain that for at least a, a good while. Well, that's development. That's getting guys and finding what their strengths are and play into their strengths. So when you say, you know, hey, he was a system player, well, yeah, that that's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to thrive in the system he's in.
0: Another thing that Coach Payton talked about, and I, I guess I can still call him Coach Payton. I don't know. Do we
1: always call him? I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> (laughs) Bill Parcells everybody still calls him coach I mean coach Tony Dungy they're always once you become a coach you're always a coach so it's always coach
0: until he shows up on our tv screens Yeah. yeah well he'll still be coach Payton. um he talked a lot about the culture that he was able to develop here and he said that it started from the top with the organization and what they allowed him to do how everybody put their egos aside they really wanted what was best for this team how have you seen that culture develop
1: well, I think the biggest thing he said was there was never a, quest, a request where he where somebody told him no. So when he said, hey, we need to do this to make this a better team, then they said, okay, you know, whatever it took to make this a top-flight franchise, uh, whether it be, you know, player amenities, whether it be player acu- ac- acquisitions, whatever it was, they were always in lockstep. And, you know, I'm sure, as he said, you know, you don't agree on everything. You know, there's got to be a hierarchy somewhere. Uh, at some point in time somebody's got to have a veto but for the most part they were cohesive in what they wanted to get accomplished they were on the same page in what they wanted to get accomplished and that's that's probably the the uh, that's not the only way to do it but man that's the best way to do it i mean you got to have everybody in the boat rowing in the same direction otherwise you know, you're going to get some chaos at some point in time. You never got the sense that the Saints were in any chaos. Even when they had seven to nine seasons, you just never felt like it was chaotic.
0: Even this season, I think we saw that a lot, where how can this team come together through everything that they faced? And again, you just saw the culture that he was able to develop, the way that they attacked each obstacle, the yeah, adversity that they faced.
1: You got to pick up an entire franchise and move it to Dallas. Just basically picked up all the football operations and, and moved them and didn't miss a step. Moved them all to Dallas, stayed there, uh, won, what, three games when they were there? Well, split two and two because the last game was the Carolina game and came on home after Mm -hmm. that. Oh, the Carolina game was the second game. But won the New England game, came on home. I mean, it was was phenomenal to watch from a standpoint of, you know, one, they'd done it before, so they kind of understood, you know, all the logistics. But to be able to do it, to be able to pick up and move that way – And to do it effectively and not have it basically wreck your season because those things can happen when you when you just move that way, when you're forced to do it and you're somewhere, you know, different. You're away from the familiar things and you're worried about what's going on back home. Um, But to be able to hold it together, you know, that being the first step of the whole process this season, you know, it was really, really impressive to see.
0: There's so many times I think we've looked back and said that he kind of relishes those opportunities. He loves a challenge. Yeah. You know, he's a stickler for details. He mentioned how he stays up late looking at film, wanting to figure out how he can attack whatever comes up next. Uh, another thing that he talked about was just how great this fan base is and how much the, the Saints nation meant to him and how he learned really quickly after that 2006 season that it's more about more than about just football here and he really liked you know just the passion that this fan base had and what they do every game they come out to the dome it's just the energy in there it separates itself from anywhere else yeah
1: the, the fan base is crazy i mean and and i don't know well i'm sure he remembers also now the dome patrol really had it rocking in there it but it was a different kind of thing because you know the dome patrol they, you know they've got the first taste of success under jim moore a really great defense. Uh they got to the playoffs for the first time. Uh they won a division championship for the first time. They, you know, had a ten win season for the first time. Had the first winning seasons under Jim Moore. And so that fan base had a pent up energy because they had never experienced a winner. Mm-hmm. So then you move on to, to Sean Payton and it's post Katrina. And so now it becomes like a civic thing. It's it's like family. It's interwoven because you're trying to you know, one, the city's recovering from from Hurricane Katrina, and it's like, you know, it, it's, you know, the worst natural disaster of all time. And you toss the football team into it, and people are saying, you know, there are more important things than football. But it really galvanized and really kind of uplifted the community because, you know, you're going through something like that, and I guess everybody needed something to kind of, you know, pull together and be happy about uh, because, you know, there were, you know, I mean, things were up, you know, in shambles. I mean, you, everywhere you turn you know, there were there was destruction. Uh, and now you're trying to rebuild your life and you say, you know what, I need something to feel, something to feel good about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my house is destroyed, you know, and, and, and the city's, you know, half destroyed and, you know, what's going on here. But you get a football team to come in and kind of galvanize everybody and give everybody something to really pull together and be behind. And, and that's when it really became like a civic thing. It really became like a family instead of just a football team.
0: Yeah, he mentioned that you know the next head coach, whoever that may be, needs to understand what they have in this fan base and how special they are. Kind of speaking along those lines, what is next for the Saints?
1: Well, that's, the, that's a good question. I mean, they're obviously great candidates in-house, And I guess, you know, where there's no secret, you know, defensive coordinator Dennis Allen was a head coach in the NFL before. Mm -hmm. He was the interim coach for the Tampa Bay game that they won 9-0. He crafted this defense that was so great this season. So even Coach Payton mentioned, you know, look, Dennis would be a great candidate. He's You know, I think he understands the lay of the land as much as anyone. That said, I'm sure they'll do their due diligence and go through the 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 process of interviewing candidates and you know just looking to see you know you can know you have the best guy in but i don't necessarily know that you know it until you interview other candidates to make sure you know that you know that you know what you have on hand so you know i think in fairness to the process There will probably be an interview process where you go through it and you do the interviews and you go through it and you sift through and you make sure that you get the right person because, you know, it's going to be difficult to just pick up the baton and keep running, you know, after Sean Payton. You know, a lot of times, you know, the new guy really needs to kind of establish himself. But at least if it's going to be Dennis Allen, you've got somebody who understands all the machinations of the, of the franchise understands the hierarchy. He understands the working relationships. He, he's seen all these things in motion. And so he would be able to be in an, an easier transition if nothing else.
0: This has to be one of the most attractive head coach openings right now in, oh, in the NFL. I mean, right. we've talked about the, the passion of this fan base, the support that the organization has and has had shown from, for the coach, for the players. I, I I don't really see another one out there. Well, I mean,
1: you come in and you, one, you come in and you grab, you you inherit a top 10 defense immediately that can win on its own. And then you grab an offense that you say, you know, okay, the offense wasn't exactly what it could have been last season, but they won nine games with four quarterbacks. So if you're a coach, you got to be saying, okay, a little bit better health. Uh, If you don't have, you know, a season that's, you know, interrupted intermittently by the pandemic, um, you might be able to be built in for su- some success immediately because again, if you can, if you can play defense the way the Saints play defense, you're gonna be in most games and you're gonna have a really good chance to win more than your share. You know they, again, they won nine of them this year. so if I'm a ca- if I'm a coach, if I'm a candidate, I'm looking at other places and I'm saying, okay, if there's nothing else I know, I know I know a couple of things. I know one, there's a great defense. I know two, there's a really great structure there in Mm -hmm. terms of general manager and owner ownership so i know that there's something really strong there so that makes it that in itself could make it as a as as attractive a job as there is just to have a great general manager and a great owner
0: what about the makeup of the rest of the division here yeah i mean you know right now it's well
1: you, you figure okay atlanta's you know Probably in the rebuild. Carolina mm-hmm. looks like they're somewhat in the rebuild. Right. Uh, you look at Tampa Bay, division champs. How long is Tom Brady going to hang around? Because he's contemplating retirement. So you know the division is there to be taken. And look, even though the Saints finished nine and eight, they beat almost Tampa hit, yeah. twice. And I mean, and I mean didn't beat. I mean, beat them up twice. And beat them up twice last year. So, you know, the only team in the division that's been able to have success against Tampa Bay last year when Tampa Bay won it all and this year when Tampa Bay won the division was the Saints. So, you know, they're perfectly positioned, I believe, to win the division again. They won it four straight times before they didn't win it this year. And I think they're positioned to win it again.
0: Things are definitely good outside of what we don't know right now, who the head coach will be, that's the major question mark. Obviously, quarterback comes into question as well as a couple other positions um, as you know, off season goes on might be addressed with uh, free agency or the draft. But one of the major things that Coach Payton said that I want to address before we kind of wrap this up is he said that his mom told him to always leave a place better than you started with it or better than it was when you got there. Definitely was the case where he got it. It's much better than where it is going forward over the next few years. It's I think it's still in a better position than it was when he took over.
1: Well, heck yeah! I mean the foundation is is here, and and that's you know I hate to I don't want to sound like I'm beating up on on Jim Haslett who who was here before him because Jim Hazlitt really that Katrina season was was I mean it was horrific for everybody. I mean they didn't have a home game they played every game away and if you had any empathy whatsoever as a human being you had to be looking at new orleans saying you know my god you know what can we do to help i mean i i know it affected a lot of the players on that team so i think that really hovered over that entire season and that was not a good end for for jim haslett uh, to go out that way under those circumstances but coach payton came in and he laid a foundation he laid a six he has a successful recipe, uh, and the coaching staff here understands that recipe. And, and even if you even if you know even if there's a brand new coaching staff, you still have the foundational pieces. You have you know good players. You have great facilities. Uh, you have great again great ownership mm-hmm. and great general manager, which recruit you know that. Those things can recruit players, especially the roster that you have, because, you know, a player, a free agent player looks at this team and says, "Okay, you add me to that. And now all of a sudden, maybe nine and eight becomes becomes 12 and five, maybe nine and eight, even if it becomes 11 and six that's enough to get you in the playoffs and once you get in the dance now you just start playing ball and we've seen in these playoffs what can happen on the road <laughs> even with road teams and so you know you got to feel like it's an attractive de- destination for anybody so you know I think the foundation is here and it and it's a foundation that can extend for several years
0: a lot to appreciate about Coach Payton and what he brought to this franchise, what he's meant over the last 16 years, and I'm sure his stories will continue to come out over the next week. We'll have a lot of coverage on New Former players have already tweeted things out and said their thank yous to what he's done for their careers. I know the fans are going to be vocal as well, but this could be an exciting time. We don't have to look at it as, oh, great now what um it, it could be yeah, just I mean, new different you
1: know you just you know different doesn't mean bad and different mm-hmm. doesn't mean wrong and you know if you've you've seen a couple of times in the NFL where I think it was Indianapolis as well as Green Bay where you had one Hall of Fame quarterback who, who kind of was replaced by another great quarterback. Uh, that was, you know, Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck in Indianapolis, and that was Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Well, what's to say it can't happen with the coaching staff? It, it can happen. So now you just got to make sure, you know, as I'm sure Mickey Loomis will do, you get the right coach in, you get the right staff in, and you get the right players in. that's one of the things that the Saints have been able to – were able to do with Sean Peyton, and you know, hopefully they'll be able to do it again.
0: All right. Great stuff. Thank you so much, John, for joining me on the podcast. I'm Erin Summers. We'll be back with more this week, next week. We'll be here all off season. Of course, we'll follow this storyline and much more right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. You can find it on Apple iTunes or NewOrleansSaints.com.